Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Monday the 25th of March. Coming up, reassurance for Kent drivers as Operation Brock is tested out for the first time on the M20 as part of preparations for Brexit. The experiences that some of them may have had with Operation Stack in the past won't be repeating themselves as we move into using Operation Brock. A carer is hoping to run 100 miles in just one month to help a Ramsgate attack victim. I thought it was going to be a bit easier but it's been quite tough. My knee's taken a bit of a beating. And we've been finding out how ditching the car for the school run can benefit children as the big pedal challenge gets underway. Kent Online News. First up today, a new system of queuing lorries if there are delays at Dover has been tested out on the M20. Operation Brock was put into place at six this morning. It's replacing the old Operation Stack, which caused huge disruption for Kent in 2015 and had to be used again when Storm Gareth affected cross-channel ferries less than two weeks weeks ago. HGVs heading to the port have been using the coastbound stretch of the M20 between junctions 8 for Maidstone and 9 for Ashford. A contraflow has been put in place for all other traffic on the London-bound carriageway with two lanes in each direction. That means drivers won't have to follow a long diversion off the motorway. John Kerner from Highways England has been telling us more about the system, which has been trialled today to make sure it's ready in time for our departure from the EU. Operation Brock is three stages, so the first stage on the M20, if the capacity of that is exceeded, then there are options to either route vehicles up to the Manston Airfield, which is a capacity of above 4,000 vehicles, um, and the last stage is going to be on the M26. We've had to plan on worst case rather than most likely, because clearly the politics around what's happening over the next few weeks will determine um, how long Operation Brock is on for and whether different stages are used. The stage on the M20 is the same carriageway space as Operation Stack, and the whole intent of Operation Brock on the M20 is to keep the carriageway open, to keep traffic flowing down the M20, and most importantly, keeping the junctions at Junctions 8 and Junction 9 open. Our focus has been on making sure that we have a resilient road network, um, and really the conditions that have created Operation Stack in the past are the same sorts of conditions that could trigger the need for Operation Brock. And examples of that are either bad weather in the channel, as we saw last week, um, the denial of cross-channel services, whether it be um, problems with the ferries or with Eurotunnel, um, or any other one of the eventualities that Kent saw in 2015. All of our planning has been done within a regional partnership, um, and those plans have been amended and reviewed continually. We're at a good place at the moment, and as we move forward, those plans will be reviewed on a weekly basis. I'd like to thank our customers and residents in Kent for actually tolerating some of the work that we've had on the network over recent months and some of the overnight closures. But I think I can reassure them that the experiences that some of them may have had with Operation Stack in the past won't be repeating themselves as we move into using Operation Brock. Well, that might come as a relief for some, but Brexit uncertainty is still causing concerns for the freight industry. It's estimated that even if there's an extra two minutes of checks at Dover, it could lead to up to 20 miles of tailbacks. Heidi Skinner from the Kent-based Freight Transport Association has told us what Operation Brock means for lorry drivers. We've been working very closely with Highways England and a number of other agencies, so um, we have been kept posted of this. A no deal is not what we want for the freight and logistics industry, uh, but we understand obviously that uh, from a traffic management point of view that these preparations need to be in place. 
Um, but yeah, we are continuing to lobby so that we don't have a no deal because that would be very bad for the freight and logistics industries. We need more clarity around customs procedures, around border readiness, all of these things to ensure that freight flows as seamlessly and frictionally as it does today. You know, supply chains are very, very important for manufacturing, for food, you, you name it. All of our freight is very, very important. So it is absolutely vital that we have a deal, that we don't go into a no deal and that we keep those frictionless, uh, frictionless access to the continent. We had stack last week. We've had stack back in 2015. You know, the haulage industry is is very used to that. But what obviously we're going to see with Brock will be very different. We won't see a complete closure of the M20. Um, so it is going to be a learning curve. It is for drivers to understand what the different processes and phasing is Brock is going to look like. And that obviously will take time, uh, particularly if we get into the latter stages of Brock. So, um, yes, we're used to stack, but this is going to be very different. So um, we'll have to watch and wait and see. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a man in his 70s has been found dead following a fire at a bungalow in Medway. Emergency crews were called to Orchid Close in Strood just before half four yesterday afternoon and discovered the property full of smoke. Police and fire investigators are still trying to work out how the blaze started. A shop worker has been threatened with a gun during a robbery in Aylesford. A man went into Premier stores in Premier Parade at around half six this morning and demanded cash and cigarettes. But he left empty-handed after a man working there threw a crate of energy drinks at him and forced him back out the door. You can see footage of the robbery at Kent Online. A man's been arrested on suspicion of arson after a blaze broke out above a shop in Gravesend. Police and firefighters were called to Pelham Road South in Norfleet at half five this morning. No one was hurt and a 51-year-old remained in custody. Now, more than a year after an attack that left him unable to walk or talk, a young man from Broadstairs is nearly ready to leave hospital. 25-year-old Joe Shaw ended up in a coma following the unprovoked assault near a nightclub in Ramsgate. He now can't go back to his parents' home until it's been adapted to meet his needs. Now he's in a wheelchair. One of his carers is hoping to pay for the work by running a total of 100 miles throughout March. As we approach the end of the month, Vicky Holden's been telling us how it's going. I'm actually doing not too bad. I think I've got about just over 20 miles left to do and I've got to do it by the 31st of um, March. I plan on getting it finished by Saturday the 30th though because obviously Sunday's Mother's Day and I've got plans. So um, yeah, I've only got six days left but I'm confident that that'll be done. I've been trying to stick to roughly 10 miles per time, but it hasn't always gone to plan, um, especially when we had that big storm, uh, Storm Gareth, I think it was called. That made life quite difficult for me. Um, but no, I've been trying to stick to roughly around 10 miles a time, uh, which I've had to keep track of on my um, Fitbit and on my phone so that I can prove that I've actually done the miles uh, to the company that I've gone with um, Running's not really my thing. I find it a bit boring, uh, but I, I am quite a sporty person. My degree that I've got is in sports science, so I do like to keep fit. Um, I'm more of a hockey player. Yeah, running's definitely not not my thing, and I, I thought it was going to be a bit easier, but it's been quite tough. Um, my knee my knee's taken a bit of a beating. <laughs> 
it's going to mean everything to Joe. I, I know that he, all he keeps on saying is, you know, thank you so much for doing this. One of the things he said to me was, I didn't realise there was um, genuinely kind per people out there that just want to help for nothing um, and want nothing in return. So... You know, he, he just keeps on thanking me every time I see him. And I keep saying, you don't need to thank me. It's my privilege. And if anything, I've lost a notch on my belt. So I, I, we're all a winner. <laughs> to find out how to donate, head to Kent Online. And finally today, we're being urged to leave the car at home on the school run as part of the Big Pedal Challenge. For the next two weeks, schools across Kent and Medway are joining hundreds from the rest of the country to see who can get the highest percentage of pupils and staff walking, cycling and scooting to school. The ones who do the best will get prizes. James Sutton is a road safety officer at Medway Council. He's been telling Nicola all about the campaign. So the Big Pedals is the national campaign um, promoted uh, within Medway. We we hold a local challenge and uh, we have 20 schools competing for the uh, the highest percentage of human power journeys it's being termed as. So that can include um, walking to school as well as uh, cycle rides and scooter rides. So it's trying to encourage everybody out of the car and to really uh, enjoy the, ch- uh, the journey to school and the associated benefits with that, both from a health perspective and, um, and road safety as well. They, they pick up so much through uh, walking or, or travelling by active modes. Yeah, and I suppose when the weather starts to improve, you're perhaps slightly more tempted to leave the car at home if you haven't got too long a journey. Is it quite popular amongst children? Do they want to get out of the car? Indeed, yeah. We find that most children are really keen to uh, to walk or cycle to school. It's often convincing mum or dad that uh, there's a need uh, to do it. And I'd certainly I think the lighter mornings and the time of year help with that. certainly encourages more people out of the car and, uh, and to walk or cycle to school. And you mentioned about the benefits. What sort of benefits are there to children? If you could just elaborate a little bit on that. Sure. So the obvious health benefits, there's lots of research to suggest that uh, walking and cycling are good for the, the children and uh, adults as well. They arrive more alert and uh, fit for the day. Um, also the road safety benefits as well that uh, come with that. Um, picking up some of these road safety skills on roads, identifying different hazards that they might encounter on the journey. There are things that they gain through walking or cycling that they wouldn't otherwise if, uh, if being driven. I'm sure for anybody who lives in Medway in particular, they do know what the roads can be like at the peak times. It can be very busy, so I'm sure for some it, it's quicker to walk, do you think? That's right. Quite often I've seen cases where um, you know you have families that do try and drive to school and can take far longer just finding a, a parking space. So, yeah, by far that walking to school or cycling is the preferred option. We help con- cut the congestion out on their roads and encourage a safe journey to school as well. Well, the KM charity team's been working for years on similar campaigns, encouraging parents to choose healthier ways of getting their children to school. Simon Dolby is their chief exec. Kent and Medway are doing extremely well when it comes to encouraging children and families to use uh, green travel to get to school. Uh, Currently at the moment, there are 140 primary schools that um, our charity is working uh, with in in collaboration with both Medway and Kent County Councils um, who are actively involved in green travel on a daily basis. So that's walking, cycling, uh, children in primary schools pushing scooters to school um, and also park and stride where uh, parents will drive the first part of the journey but absolutely walk um, the final five minutes so that we can remove that uh, traffic congestion around the school gates and ensure that we're giving children uh, exercise. There are a number of benefits uh, to uh, getting involved in green travel to school. Um, 
I suppose the most important one is that it, it's, it actually delivers improved learning. Children that have done a bit of physical ac exercise on the way in are bright and alert and ready for the get-go. Whereas if you've been falling asleep in the back of a car, um, uh, driven in, uh, you, you know, it, it's going to take a lesson or two before you're, you're fully awake and uh, mentally firing on all cylinders. Um, there's also an improved social side for children and families. Walking to school enables children to chat to their friends, spend quality time with mum or dad um, as they walk in. And of course, there's the exercise. Uh, we've got the issue of the obesity time bomb. Children are getting fatter and fatter. And the humble walk to school, on average, it's a mile or a mile and a half, really is uh, an important part of uh, the solution. It's one of those rare opportunities, few opportunities that modern, busy, busy modern families have actually got to, to take exercise. Um, currently at the moment there are 140 schools uh, actively involved in the green travel campaign. Uh, that means that uh, on average on any one week 44,000 children and families are involved. Last academic year uh, 600,000 green healthy journeys were recorded through the initiative and um, that actually delivered 250,000 school and car journeys removed from the streets of Kent and Medway. Schools wanting to get involved should visit Inspire Schools. .org.uk. Well, that's it for Monday. Don't forget, for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.